right, everyone, welcome back. We got episode 38 of Devil's Army Cast. Um, James and Chris, the duo, and yep. we have a special guest, Alex Chauvin-C. Did I say it right? Uh, Chauvin-C. So actually, yeah, you're pretty Chauvin-C. close. Chauvin-C. Yeah, I mean, kind of close. I should know by now. We've had you on a couple times. I've been, I've been practicing, but I, I screwed up the big moment there. But yeah, Alex, no. appreciate you joining us. I think this is your third time with us, maybe? Yeah, third, it's either my second three. or third time. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, good so, to be back. Yeah, so Alex, you're over at the Hockey Writers still, doing some good work for them. Um, yep. Follow Alex on Twitter. We'll... Chris will drop the Alex's Twitter handle in the uh, episode summary or plot or whatever you call that thing. Oh, yeah. And make sure to throw Alex a follow on Twitter. Devil's Armorcast episode 38, like I said. So Jersey number 38 in Devil's history. There's only been three. So we're, we're kind of at this dry point with Devil's jersey numbers here. Um, <laughs> Mark Andre Grognani back in 2016. Steven Santini wore this number for a bit. And good old Vernon Fiddler. Well, oh. number 38 in doubles history in case you guys were wondering but anyway. I feel like there's going to be a number we hit at some point that's going to have zero players that have worn it because of how strict Lou was for the longest time about like what numbers players could wear <laughs> yeah once you get it's, into the 40s it's, it's going to be a little problematic yeah <laughs> it's, it's getting dry I'm looking at it right now um, it's getting yeah, dry yeah if Lou was still no. GM Nico would never get 13 <laughs> 52 is going to be a little spoiler alert for you 52 is going to be the first number that no one has wore devil's history so we're good up until 52 that's when we'll <laughs> run into some problems but um, alright so this episode we got current news we're going to give you a little update on the Devils COVID situation. We're getting Devils hockey back Tuesday. Knock on wood. Everything goes right. Something really bad would have to happen for us not to get Devils hockey hockey back on Tuesday. You guys should be listening to this episode Tuesday morning. We'll hopefully drop it. So, um, yeah, Devils hockey back. Um, we're going to have game previews for the Tuesday game, and they play on Thursday, and then they play on Saturday. So we're going to talk a little bit about those opponents in those games. Alex is going to take over after that and talk about his top three and top three most impressive Devils so far this season and top three Devils that have disappointed him a bit so far this season. And then after that, Alex and I will break down the Binghamton Devils season so far, talk about a couple of their players that have caught our eyes or a couple of players that have struggled a bit out of the gate. But yeah, that's what we got going on um, this episode. So current news-wise, we had a lot of waiver activity the past couple days. Um, yesterday, which was Sunday, February 14th, James Neal, Paul Byron, and Alex Galchenyuk were three bigger names on the waivers. All three of them uh, cleared waivers. Um, it's funny seeing James Neal on there after that crazy start to last year he had. Um, Galchenyuk was actually traded today to Toronto for, I'm assuming this is a prospect, Igor Korshov. Alex, do you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a prospect. And uh, Devils legend David Warforsky was also in that trade. So, I feel like Galchenyuk is one of the youngest journeymen ever. He's only 26. Yeah, <laughs> I it's like his seventh team Seven. in like yep. four years or something like that I saw or something crazy. Yeah, yeah like three yeah. or four years he's been on seven teams, which is just absolutely wild. I don't know about you guys, but Paul Byron kind of caught my eye. Um, his contract's a little icky. It's not too bad. I think it's 3.4 mil with like two years left, but he's a pretty solid player. Yeah, I was a little surprised that he was on waivers and 
I guess, I don't know what, how the Habs are using him up there, but he's a pretty good middle six winger that can score. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised no one claimed him, too, even though the contract isn't, like, it's not great, but it's also not terrible. I thought, mm-hmm. a, you know, a team like Ottawa definitely would have made sense, or, I don't know, even the Red Wings, you know, trying to get a little more competitive. I think he would have been a good fit for them. But, yeah, I was surprised to see him on waivers and then clear it as well. Yeah, so they, all three of those guys officially cleared um, today. They were placed on yesterday. But, yeah, that was interesting to see him on there. Uh, so, as I just mentioned, Galchenyuk was traded to Toronto. But before that, he was traded to Carolina, um, along with Cedric Paquette. And then going to Ottawa was Ryan Dezingle. So there was two trades in a period of two days, getting a little wild um, in the NHL. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the COVID update, NHL-wide. Philadelphia is returning to practice tomorrow, so they're getting close to return. Colorado played their first game back yesterday against the Golden Knights. Do we know how that game ended? I saw it was 1-0 at one point. I don't see. I don't know, Chris. You, I am you know off to score. fact check right now, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, when in doubt. That. Um, Minnesota Wild supposedly nearing a return. As we know, the Devils are returning on Tuesday. <laughs> Buffalo is playing their first game tonight, actually. So yeah, I they think, got the Islanders, I think, right? Yeah, they do. So I think the only team after tomorrow when the Devils return and – yeah, I think the Wild will be back. I think there's only going to be Philly, the only team not playing because of COVID. That was a yeah, one nothing victory by the Knights. What was that? It was a one nothing victory by the Knights. There you oh, go. Wow, sounds riveting. But yeah, yeah Minnesota is yeah. supposed to be back tomorrow. So yeah, so I think after tomorrow, every team in the NHL will be playing besides the Flyers. Yeah, I, I think, think you know, Flyers fans want to be back real bad. Yeah, they don't I want that game going is- to the Rangers. <laughs> Yeah, I saw the league's expecting them to be back by this weekend when they have the Lake Tahoe game with yep. the Bruins. So better be back. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that, that, just gonna go nuts. Yeah, yeah. well, the Flyers fans are going nuts because it was rumored that like the I think there was like two or three teams they discussed, but like the Rangers were one of the teams they discussed oh, replacing, replacing the Flyers them. with. Yeah, if they couldn't yeah. play in that game. Because obviously yeah, they, they can't reschedule it. Have. Dude, I'll say it. Every time the Flyers pop up, I just don't understand how they consistently win games with the numbers they put up. But anyway, um, that'll be a conversation for another time. I'm sure it'll pop up again. But, uh, all right. Any other news, Alex? I know you're a big hockey news guy. You're always uh, posting stuff out there. Anything I missed worth mentioning? Um, there was just like there were some interesting things uh, from like the Devils media availabilities uh, today. Uh, just just Lindy Ruff talked a little bit about the tight schedule and how they're gonna have to, I guess, rely on load management going forward because they're basically playing every other day and, until like the end of the season here. So. Um, and then of course there's the Devils are only down to four players on the COVID list, um, so they pretty much have a full team tomorrow with the exception of a few players. Um, and yeah, I think as far as news that really kind of covers it, uh, you know, besides the trades. Yeah. Don't forget well, the breaking news that no one has any news on Nico Heischer. Oh, that, uh, is, that is not true. Actually, yeah. oh, we got something today. We got a drop. Look at look at Chris out there. All right. Yeah. So Um, go ahead, or Alex. Yeah, so Lindy Ruff said today in his presser that Nico was based before the shutdown two weeks ago that Nico was really close to playing, and had they not gone on a two-week pause, he would be in the lineup already, and 
had he not been on the COVID list right now, he could probably would probably be playing tomorrow. Or I guess since this will uh, go on the air tomorrow, he'd be playing tonight. Yeah. So all he's close. Are, he's real close. Yeah. You see your news feeds out there. It's it's insane. Like looking at like Amanda Stein's mentions, the amount of like people like any history news like. No, they haven't been skating around each other in a while, but finally today you got your news. So It's like when we were um, trying to get Gusev, the fan base, just any Devils and related whole, tweet was just Gusev. Yep, same thing. <laughs> it's it just insane, like people. Uh, I don't know. Um, what else? All right, yeah, news. I think we're all good. So we're going to talk more about like the Devils COVID situation as a whole. Alex started to touch on it. There's only... Four names left on the list. Travis Ajax, he's been on the list for a while now, so we're hoping Travis is getting better and nearing a return. I believe Kyle Palmieri said he's been in contact with Travis and he's feeling a lot better, getting better, and should be back with the team soon, which is good news. Nikita Gusev's also still on the COVID list, along with Nico Hishier and Dmitry Kulikov. For whatever reason, Nikita Gusev and Dmitry Kulkov were skating with Jasper Boquist after practice today. I think I thought that was kind of weird. They're on the COVID list. Yeah, my guess is that they are probably on the COVID list due to a, a close contact reason. So they might be coming off it here pretty soon. I don't think they'd be allowed to skate if they were still feeling yeah, you know they're weird. still symptomatic <laughs> so i would think they're close to returning and they're not going to play tonight but they'll be playing i wouldn't be surprised if they return some point this week yeah um a little, a little weird there but so practice notes like notes from directly from practice of course all these quotes and notes are coming off of we saw on twitter via amanda stein and Corey masasic of the athletic um <clears throat> so a couple notes about the penalty Hill practice they were running. They had the pairings and the forward groups. Matt Tennyson was still working on, I believe it was the top penalty kill pairing, um, which means he might be in the lineup still, which is kind of interesting with Vatnin being back. I don't know how that's going to work out because him and Vatnin are both the same handiness. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Uh, Pavel Zaka wasn't in any of the PK units, which is weird because that's really that Pavel Zaka's thing, you know. So maybe he'll be out a lot. I don't know what that means. Um, the, those two things, Alex, did that catch your eye at all? Those two, seeing those two things pop up. Yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't really that surprised. Matt Tennyson is still in. If uh, I think they'll end up playing Vatnin on his offhand, so it'll be Vatnin on his left side. Uh, until Kulikov is able oh, so to play, that means Will Butcher will still be out of line. That's yeah, that's the impression <laughs> I got. Uh, I, I I would think at some point Butcher is probably going to request a trade because it's getting a little ridiculous at this point. Yeah, it is. But uh, I was surprised Zaka was not on the penalty kill, but he was still on the power play units. He was, I think, yeah, on the second you know power play unit. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. So I, I don't think he's coming out of the lineup, but it'd be a, it'd be weird if he's playing and he's not on the penalty kill because that's really his strong suit. I mean, he might have his flaws, but I mean, he's one of the team's best penalty killers. So I, yeah, I definitely thought that was interesting. Huh. Yeah, and the thing with Zaka too about him being a healthy scratch. I know like possession wise, he hasn't been great this season, but he's actually been putting the puck in the net. Was he? I think he's like second or third on the team in points or something like that. I know it's only nine games and whatever, so that'd be kind of weird if they scratched them. Um, what else? 
got like kind of news overall this devil situation like some who said they tested positive all that stuff so Paul Murray said he did indeed test positive Mackenzie Blackwood did too Travis Ajax I'm sure everyone could deduct but it was confirmed he tested positive only reason why Sammy Votnin was put back in protocol was because he was a close contact uh, Miles Wood supposedly he confirmed had COVID prior to camp so he wasn't affected by this whole mess but he said how crazy he was seeing how quickly it spread through the team so that little tidbit makes it kind of obvious that like a lot of the team tested positive. Um, but yeah, anything else from Lindy Ruff, that media session afterwards that caught either one of your eyes or did we um, cover it all? Uh, yeah, I mean, we covered w- about Nico, which I think was the, the biggest thing when Corey mm-hmm. Messack and I think Mike Moriel asked uh, about Nico and that was definitely the biggest uh, takeaway from Lindy's press conference. It was nice to see that picture of uh, Botnan and Hughes on the ice joking around with each other. Yeah. yeah There's a lot of good images. The, uh, fans love big Sammy Botnan. Um, people are big Sammy Botnan. Sammy's, Sammy's a good character, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a funny he could... dude. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's all that kind of news. Upcoming schedule, what you're looking at is Tuesday in New York against the Rangers, which is tonight. This gets dropped on uh, Tuesday. Thursday in Boston, and then Saturday versus Buffalo at home. That Saturday game against Buffalo starts three in a row against the Sabres, I'm pretty sure. And just as a reminder, since it's been so long, the Devils currently sit seventh in the East in total points, which is funny because they haven't played in a while. Who's under them? Is it Buffalo or the Rangers? It is Buffalo, yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. But they're sixth in points percentage, which is going to be a big thing coming down the stretch here because it's... Mm doesn't seem real well are they planning on everyone to get 58 in or 56 they're trying to but the the next step if they can't is going to points percentage yeah yeah Yeah. so that's going to be the big thing here and this kind of shows how crazy good the east is which or yeah the east division is which we all knew was coming is i i saw that all of the teams in the east had a point percentage like above 50 or something crazy like that i mean it's the metro and you're adding in boston and buffalo and taking away carolina and columbus um, what else? So, in that division, the teams have anywhere from nine games played to 14. So, like, you can see the Devils are kind of going to have to play catch up here. And as Alex talked about, they're going to be basically playing every other day until when, Alex, you said? It's like, yeah, I was looking at like April 24th. I think it's the first time after that they have two days in a row off. So, yeah, for the good or whatever that saying is get prepared for a lot of devil's hockey hopefully it's it's for the good and not driving you crazy watching them but hopefully we'll see good to have them back starting um tonight though uh all right we're gonna move on now to previewing these games coming up we'll do these next three games rangers on the 16th boston on the 18th and buffalo on the 20th yeah 20th yeah all right rangers are interesting this year i Kind of like with the Devils being off, I kind of took off from really looking into these teams and doing a deep dive. And I've still fallen along, but not as in deep as I usually am when the Devils are playing. But the Rangers, the way they are this year, they're a total like 360 of what everyone thought or 180 of what everyone thought they were going to be. Their defense numbers are actually not bad. They're ninth in the NHL in goals against per game. It's their inability to score goals that's really killing them they're 27th in goals for per game um 
5v5 as a team, they're doing okay. It's like middle of the pack, their possession numbers. Big thing, though, Artemi Panarin supposedly not playing. He's been hurt. Do you all know that? Yeah, I, I don't think today. he's expected to play tonight. He skated before practice yesterday, but doesn't look like he's going to play. I think Keandre Miller is going to be out, too. That The uh, Panarin specifically is just absolutely huge because that's like that team's whole thing besides uh, like Zabin Jad and good. Miller low-key has been like one of their better defenders, hasn't he? This season, hey, I don't. He's blocking know. a lot of shots. I think. Yeah, for he's been stuff. really good. Has he? Yeah. Because last time I checked, it was like two games, three games in, and his numbers were atrocious. But that could yeah, easily change. No, yeah, that's definitely. He's probably the. You could probably make the argument he's their best defenseman right now with like Adam Better Fox. Better than Fox. Yep, oh. with Adam Fox. Oh, with Adam yeah. Fox. Okay. Yeah, yeah so Fox I think he's like third or fourth on our team in scoring. That man's insane. Yeah. Um, Rangers uh, special teams. Just as bad as the Devils almost. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. Because their PK is number seven, but their power play is 28th. So not a good power play. Their penalty kill is still installed. Kevin Rooney led penalty kill, by the way. Um, like I said, Panarin's a beast. He's their leading scorer. Buchnevich is right up there with him. Mr. Alexis Lafreniere is really struggling this year. Only has one point in 13 games played. So, And supposedly he's been playing in their top six somewhat, too, and only has one point. It's yeah. Kinda, and like his underlying numbers are really, really, really bad. I'm kind of surprised. I thought he was gonna be able a little more NHL ready, but he, he doesn't look it at all so far. Maybe it's the Rangers. Yeah, you have to start wondering too because of Capo Caco. He's he's been better this season, but still doesn't really look like he's only got what, like three points. I three think three points in, in twelve games. Yes, yeah, he's been struggling too. So you got to start wondering what the Rangers are doing there with prospect development. Yeah, not not great for Rangers fans. Shame to yeah. say. Um, Shesterkin's been great though. He's one of their younger players. He has a nine two two save percentage this year. Um, he's taken those starting reins from Gorgiev, who's actually struggled. He has an eight nine one save percentage. But um, Devils are expected, I believe I saw, to face Shesterkin tomorrow. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think yeah, I think just. Yeah, Chris, I don't know, maybe, do you yeah, know? Yeah, I'll get looking it up real quick. It's, I, I believe it's Shesterkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm what I think, too. But, um, yeah, yeah Shesterkin so, expected, Wedgwood expected. Oh, they have Wedgwood? That's what it's saying. Already. Yeah. Who's, who's saying that, left wing lock? I'm just looking at the score right now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I saw, well, Mackenzie Blackwood said he didn't, he wasn't sure. In his presser, he said he wasn't sure if he was going to play He's in, uh, tonight. So, but I'd, I don't know, I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't. I'm wondering if him and uh, Nico are in the same boat where they just need a quick conditioning stint. Well, Aaron Dell, we'll talk about Aaron Dell in a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe got to start because he played in Binghamton. I mean, we'll talk about his play in a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised. Well, who knows? Maybe yeah, see. we'll ah, just have no. to wait. Well, <laughs> we'll figure yeah. it out tomorrow. Or and, and this, the thing today. is, Ross never, he doesn't like to announce these things like in a morning skate or not. So we might have to go until like the evening to, until we find out who's starting. But Yeah, right until warm-ups. We see yeah. who's the first going to net with all that stuff. But Yeah, uh, yeah. so that's basically the Rangers uh, struggling to put the puck in the net, playing decent defense. Their 5v5 possession numbers are okay. Just Durkin's been solid this year. Their younger players are struggling. Um, yeah, anything else, uh, Chris or Alex, you guys want to add about the Rangers here before we move on to this uh, game against Boston on the 18th? Uh, I think the Rangers are really interesting because mm-hmm. they're playing basically the opposite of the way they played 
you know, really the last couple of seasons, they were more of like a high event run and gun team. And I was looking at their numbers a couple of nights ago and it's just like, I wouldn't call them a low event team, but they're not, they're definitely not pushing the pace like they were in previous seasons. I don't know if that's, they're doing that on purpose because they know their defense is not that great. So they're trying to kind of like what Heinz was doing with the Devils, just play like a low event game and keep shot events to a minimum to kind of help your defense out. So I don't know if that's like a conscious effort on, uh, on David Quinn's part, which uh, I, I don't know, I think it's just interesting. They're a completely different looking team than playing style, at least than they were the last couple seasons. So, and I think it's actually the Devils are kind of walking into a good spot playing against the Rangers if they're without Panarin and Miller and Philip Beadle yeah. as well. You know, they're missing a couple of their top players, and the Rangers have been struggling as of late. So, my I think you know as far as getting an opponent. To come out of a two-week break, I think the Rangers probably, you know, it's not a bad bet right now, given how they're playing. Yeah, that um, Keetle, Phil Keetle, is that how you pronounce his last name? He, that was yeah. a really big loss for them. They, he was playing really, really well up yeah. until he, what, he like break a hand or something? I uh, forget what it was, but. I think he had, yeah, I don't know what it was, but he's out for a few weeks at least. And yeah, he <laughs> was playing really well, so. And they don't have center depth really after Sabanajad's kind of struggling right now. Kevin and Rooney, baby. Yeah, it's Still really Kevin center. Rooney, <laughs> Ryan Strom. So yeah, definitely gonna be interesting to see what the things look like tonight because the Rangers, you know, just not really playing that well right now. Nope. Chris, you want to add anything about the Rangers here before we move on to Boston? Your favorite. I, favorite I think if uh, Miller is out of the lineup for the game, I think that's a bigger loss than it may seem initially on paper. Coming into yeah, it, who they even who they even got skating back there on defense without like Miller and all them guys? I mean, I'm I know they got Truba, um, Fox, um, Brian Lindgren, Brandon Smith will probably play a defense. Brandon Smith. Yeah, I don't know who else they got up from uh, Hartford right now. Fair checking. Um, Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox is listed as pair one. Interesting to see um, Ryan Lindgren getting pair one minutes. Um, Truba at their line two. Anthony B. Oh, Batetto. Yeah, yeah Batetto. Yeah. That's interesting. He scored his first career goal. I saw him the Twitter sphere. So. Yeah, it looked like Howard um, Carlson did it too. Uh, but yeah, that's what the Rangers are working with on their uh, DN. And this, I'm looking at daily faceoff, and they still have, um, they still have Keandre Miller listed on here. So, yeah, I had read he's a game time decision, so we'll see. Yeah. All right, that's uh, your little Rangers update. What to expect in that one um, tonight? Uh, all right, Chris, your favorite team. Let me see the Boston <laughs> Bruins play on the 18th. They're, uh, since Chris <laughs> said something bad about the Bruins on the podcast, I think the Bruins are literally like 9-1-1. One one. Welcome, welcome, Bruins fans. You're welcome, Bruins fans. What'd you do, Chris? <laughs> I, I thought that they were underperforming. I thought they'd take a step back this year. I didn't think their offensive depth was as deep as uh, people thought well, it may not. be. It's their big defensive goaltending team this year they're that's where they're excelling so i guess technically you're right about their scoring taking a little bit basically i threw some shade and boston's like oh we heard you so uh, (laughs) we're gonna start winning and bruins fans love me now because i basically am the reason their team just turned it around so you're welcome uh, you're welcome you know the tristan jari thing though he's been atrocious (laughs) this year you know the tristan jari thing he has been bad uh, all right, so Bruins are 10-2-2. Two, two. They're first in the East, second in the NHL, third in the whole NHL in points percentage. 5v5, 
they're one of the best in the NHL. The fancy stats match up with the record. Um, power play, penalty kill, both great. Both top ten. The PK is number two in the league. Had it like an 88% success rate. That's insane. Going against the Devils power play, which cl- clicks at what, like an 8% <laughs> rate or something crazy like that. Certainly so. doesn't hurt Boston to have Poster knock back. Yeah, he's been a he's been a beast. What that one game he had like four goals in a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. Um, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, eighteen points each in thirteen games. Pasternak is ten and seven. They're rolling that Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak line, which is the just scary. Line. Um, Duka Rask is doing fine. Nine oh six eight percentage. Yaroslav Halak is, I guess, if you want to call him a backup. <laughs> but he's like terrific 939 save percentage Bruins are are good um, like I said they're they're very stingy defensively fourth in goals against per game this year power uh, penalty kill is great so Boston's a really solid team um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything else here um, I think just you know going back to the first two games of the season against the Bruins, Devils played them pretty tight. Um, you know, came away with well, three out of four points, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, like, so. really good result. <laughs> yeah, it was something good like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, but. of course they didn't have Prostenak, um those two games, but you know, there's Sharangovich's amazing overtime goal and stuff, and they they just they played, you know, they played well those two games. So interesting to see how you know they'll have a game on their legs by the time they play the Bruins be interesting to see if they can match up with them the way they did uh the first two to- uh, first two games of the season uh especially with Pasternak back for them yeah, yeah Boston um, is uh, the greatest dude. team out of out of any <laughs> team that ever existed um and they should never lose another game uh for the rest of time uh should be a good one there you go. A little uh, jinx there for you. Charlie McAvoy doesn't get a, enough respect. Um, I'm sure Alex, you'll agree here. I feel like he's like one of the better like defensemen in the whole NHL. It's, he's yeah. somehow like underrated playing for Boston, which is kind of weird. But Charlie McAvoy is insane. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think it's time to talk. You know, start talking about him as like one of the top. You know, ten maybe defensemen in the league. He's he's really 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 good. So John um, Moore's still kicking around their top four. Good for him. He's Is he really still in their okay. lineup? Oh, good yeah, point. yeah. I'm looking at daily face-off right now. Um, they do a really good job with all their line combos and stuff. Have uh, John Moore, Brandon Carlo, second pairing. I think Grizzly is is he he's out with an injury, isn't he? He's not listed here, so I'm assuming you are correct there. Um, yeah, the, uh, he's Drew really good defense. On, yeah. yeah, he's very underrated, Grizzly. He was on yeah. a lot of guys' um, preseason breakout year type lists so people have nailed that and former what was the year that the Bruins had like three first round picks from like 10 to like 19 you know the year I'm talking about was it like 15 or something like yeah, that yeah I think it was the 2015 draft yeah that's when they drafted Jakob Zorb Zabro Zabro you know I'm talking yeah, yeah that, that kid he's on yeah. the bottom pair with Kevin Miller so yeah Bruins are a good team right Chris yeah, yeah, greatest of all time uh, out of all teams in any sport, any any given Sunday. Um, should never lose another game in all any eternity. <laughs> Chris is just throwing out all the sports, I guess, yeah. like, you know, Perfection, uh, 16-0, 18-0, well, whatever hey, it is. Yeah, yeah, they should be. Yeah. Just some respect. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Buffalo Sabres, Devils will be taking on the Sabres starting the 20th of February. And like I said, this sh- I believe is starting a three-game set against the Sabres. Um, this will be a very, very contested game between fan bases as Buffalo Sabres fans 
solely 100% blame New Jersey Devils and their fans for giving their team Rona. <laughs> um, we didn't which, make a schedule. Which, um, I mean, yeah, maybe, but, <laughs> but you know. Uh, all right, Sabres, talked about them not too long ago because Devils played them right before the whole COVID thing. Um, I think we talked about eighth in points in the – the East, 7th in point percentage. I believe the Rangers are 8th in point percentage. So Buffalo 7th. Haven't played. Well, actually, they'll be playing tonight. So it's a back-to-back? Uh, no. I'm, this game's out until the 20th. What am I talking about? Anyway, before they <laughs> play whoever they play on tonight, which is the 15th, they've gone gameless since the 31st against the Devils. That's what I was trying to say. So there you go. Um, I saw Jeff Skinner is getting first line minutes for the Buffalo Sabres tonight, which is like a really big thing. He's been hiding in their fourth line. They've been stashing him down there. I mean, I think they got to do something at this point. You're paying him that much. Yeah. yeah. And Ross, Ross Dolan, right? That's his first name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's on their top pairing and he was on their bottom pairing for a while to start the season. So things are looking bright in Buffalo, I guess. Yeah, I think they're probably trying to use some other guys who are doing really good, staying hot, to try and maybe get that to rub off onto Darlene and um, Skinner. Bristolainen is still in the third <laughs> vertical, so I don't know if he'll be out by the 20th. I mean, he should, but you never know with these things. He's not playing tonight. Um, depending on how many games, so you got three games against the Sabres back uh, like every other day, you're going to want to see a lot of Carter Hutton because that means that Sabres are probably not getting good goaltending on those nights. <laughs> um, Linus Olmark's solid so far this year. I think he's still being uh, played solid up to that point against the Devils. So, um, same story with the Sabres though. Their top six is like really, really pretty good taylor hall skinner now stall eichel i don't know if reinhardt's back yet i think he's nearing a return but um bottom six forward group's not too great and their defense is not too great either so yeah i feel like that's the little breakdown the buffalo sabers um alex if you have anything to add uh i'm just interested to see you know what how if there's like any animosity between the two teams when they first play because I don't know. I know how the fan bases feel. At least the Buffalo Sabres fan base feels about yeah. how the whole COVID thing went down. But I don't know. I, I don't know. If the, I, I know the organization, I think, when it first happened, was pretty pissed at the Devils. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if those games are kind of like chippy and, you know, if, if there are any fights and stuff like that. That's probably what I'm looking for most because as far as like the two teams go, I think the Devils might probably a little bit better roster wise. So. Deeper, um, I feel. Yeah, definitely, and they have better goaltending with Aaron Dell in the picture now too. If they have to start him a game or you know, uh, yeah, Carter Hutton's so. not great. Yeah, Ulmark is great, but yeah, Hutton's been struggling not so much. Uh, yeah, Chris. No, I think you guys hit everything just nail on the head. Good. Um, yeah, I think that's it with the, uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. So, yeah, those are the next three games coming up for the Devils. The Rangers on the 16th in New York, the 18th against the Boston Bruins in Boston, and the 20th against the Sabres in Buffalo. So, Buffalo Sabres. Back. Devils hockey should be back. So, And we're going to be seeing a lot of it in a short amount of time. All right. 
Next up, you guys have heard me and Chris talk about kind of the Devils who have impressed us the most to start the season, kind of disappointed us to start the season. We even last episode, we gave our like full-on progress report, report cards of every Devils player so far. So since we haven't had Alex on in a while, we'll let, we're going to turn it over to Alex now and let him talk about his top three Devils he's most impressed with and top th- or. I guess you could say, yes, so three Devils that he's most disappointed in so far this season. So, go ahead, Alex. Uh, So, doing the most impressed list was pretty tough because there's been a bunch of Devils players that I've really liked how they've started the season. Uh, But the number one most impressed for me, even over Jack Hughes, has been Miles Wood. Um, He just looks like a totally different player than... He, he, you know, been for the last couple of seasons. He looks more like the player he was in the 2017-18 season when they made the playoffs and he scored like 19-20 goals. He looks closer to that player now. Um, he took a couple of really dumb penalties in the first game of the season against the Bruins, but since then he's actually, you know, up until the shutdown, he had been pretty good on, you know, with the dumb penalties, and he, he kind of had toned it back. And his two-way play has been a lot better and. He leads the team, I think, in goals above replacement, uh, you know, going into the pause. And I think he's also the team leader in points with Ty Smith. He's got like eight and nine games or something like that. Yeah, so really, really impressed with him so far. He's definitely made a big difference for them in the bottom six and giving them some depth. And he can kind of play a little bit all over the lineup if he needs to. Uh, The second most impressed player I've had. And this kind of a toss-up, I guess you could either go with Michael McLeod or Jack Hughes, but I'm going with McLeod uh, just because of the fact that, you know, last season in the AHL, he he didn't really look like... um, I was kind of starting to wonder if, like, he'd ever be, like, a useful NHLer for the Devils, but he also looks like a completely different player Uh, this season. uh, He must have put, you know, know, the 10-month layoff off to good... Uh, to good use and he had a great week going into to the pause I think he had like four points in four games or something like that and he had was it two goals in that last Sabres yeah, game I think game. yeah so he's um yeah he's yeah. been great for them and you could definitely argue he's been better than Pavel Zaka I mean he, he's probably like their third best center right now once he sure gets back or fourth once he sure and Zajac get back so uh, they're going to be pretty good down the middle once everyone's healthy. And then, of course, you know, most impressed, Jack Hughes really just uh, taking another step forward in his development. He he looks like the player that the Devils drafted, hoped they would be getting when they drafted him with the first pick. Um, looks like a top-line center. He, he looked great with Jesper Bratt and Andreas Janssen before the yeah, shutdown. Yeah, they got together. Yeah, with the few games they had played. Um, he So, you know can't uh can't fault or can't be disappointed with the way he's played i mean he's a big reason why they were four three and two heading into the pause uh the yeah. least imp- yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say i totally agree with that list and me and chris or chris and i have both harped on those three players mm-hmm. as well chris what do you like to say about miles wood he's a what he is a bull in a china shop <laughs> yeah, just, there just you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take but, no uh, names take no prisoners <laughs> yeah, the, those three guys have just been great. The Michael McLeod, I, when you mentioned how in the AHL you got a little worried that maybe he wouldn't be an NHL player, I feel like because watching him in the AHL, he like his skating and stuff was always like top notch compared to the other guys. You just never saw it in the score sheet. So I felt that play was always in there. You just, of course, 
like people who don't really pay attention to Binghamton might like just be like, oh, the points aren't there or whatever. But it's good to see Michael McLeod doing doing his thing and doing what what overall pick was he again? Like fifteenth or something like that. He's in the top fifteen. I think he was like twelve or thirteen or somewhere 12, around yeah. there. So but yeah, good seeing Mikey McLeod. I feel like that's one of the best things that have come out of the year so far this season. But all right, top three or three players you've been kind of disappointed with. I think I have two in my head that you're going to say, but we shall see. Go yeah, ahead. so uh, I guess I'll start off with Nikita Gusev. Um, mm-hmm. He just looks like the player that you know, he was in the first 10 games of last season when he was really like struggling to find his footing in the NHL. Um, I'm not really sure... I'm not 100% sure what the issue is with him. I think it's, you know, once one is it's a new system with Lindy Ruff. So I think he's getting used to that a little bit. The other is that I, he hasn't had, I think the perfect center for him is Nico Heischer. The, the whole Gusev-Hughes combination has never worked. And I don't think it's going to work moving forward. I think he really needs Nico Heischer as his center. So A lot know. of Dallas fans need Nico Heischer back desperately as well. He, yeah, I mean, I saw Amanda Stein tweeting today. She's like, just scroll up, please. Check my update. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Gusev has – I'm not concerned about him long term. I th- like, I think he'll be fine, but he's definitely someone who's going to really benefit from Nico Heischer coming back. Um, the next person, and I think all of us probably agree, this is Pavel Zaka. Even though he's got, like, four points in, in nine games, it just – it doesn't feel like – He's playing that well. Um, <laughs> That's the story of his career, I feel like. Just... Yeah, like, the point totals, like, he'd be on pace for, like, close to four points in nine games on a full 82-game season. He'd be, you know, pacing close to, like, 40 points at this point, which is not bad. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there was the open goal, the open net he just whiffed on <laughs> against the Sabres and, like... He just doesn't have like the offensive instincts or creativity to be like a top six forward at this point. I think they just kind of have to, you know, just accept the fact that like, okay, yeah, he was a high draft pick, but like he's better suited to play like in the bottom six role, whether it's center or left wing and on the penalty kill. Um, I think that they're just going to have to live with that at some point, especially with the way McLeod is kind of playing now, like... Once Heischer and Zajac get back, like you can't take McLeod out of the lineup. He's he's playing too well, so it'll be an interesting decision uh, they'll have to make. But he's definitely going to have to start playing better moving forward if he wants to stay in the lineup uh, on a regular basis. And then the third one I had, and I don't really think he's been playing as bad as people have made him out to be. But I had Kyle Palmieri. Um, he he doesn't have a goal through the first nine games. But he's got a history of sometimes starting slow and then just going on a scoring tear to close out the season. And I think he's also another player that probably benefit from Nico Heischer coming back. That they have a good, you know, repertoire uh, together over the last three seasons. They've played a lot together and had a lot of success. So it wouldn't be a surprise, you know, if if uh, Janssen and uh, Brat are going to be staying with Jack Hughes. You could see a Gusev, Heischer, Palmieri, like second line. Like I think that. that'd be pretty solid. So, like Gusev, I'm not really concerned with Palmieri, even though he's been disappointing to start the season. And I also don't think Palmieri's been as bad as his counting totals say. Like, his underlying numbers aren't really that bad. I think he's just off to a bit of a cold start, and he'll be fine moving forward. 
Yeah, so when I said I think I know two of the players you're going to have, uh, Nikita Gusev and Kyle Palmer, were you guys I was thinking of? Um, to go on what you were saying about uh, Palmieri, I sent this in the Devil's Army chat we had about the um, the top guys in the NHL with goals below expect. Or you know what the stat I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expect like he's performing well below his expected goals. Yeah, exactly. So that means he's either just bad luck or he's getting really good. He's facing really good goaltending whenever he chooses to shoot the puck. So that that's a very big indicator that he's going to start putting the puck in the net eventually. So that's good to see. Um, yeah, Nikita Gusev has been really disappointing for me as well this year. Um, I Like you said, Nico, he's here. I feel like if there's anyone... This whole entire world that wants Nikita Gusev or Nico Hishir back more, it is Nikita Gusev. Like you said, they play great together. Um, but yeah, Chris, you want to add anything here? No, I mean, I'm not surprised that our lists were pretty similar. Um, <laughs> Palms and Gusev were obviously ones we were talking about for a little bit. But I agree, you know, Palms is just off to a slow start. I think it's something that'll turn around. So. Yeah, and. Interestingly enough, two of these three players that were just being discussed are unrestricted free agents next year. So that's a whole nother issue the Devils are going to have to sort out. Um, so, Alex, in your opinion, do you think we see the Devils bring at least one of these guys back? Do you think both of them will be gone? How do you think that's going to get sorted out? I mean, I, they definitely have the money. I know the cap is remaining flat for the foreseeable future, but the cap space is not a problem for the Devils. So... If they want to keep both, they have the money to do it. But, like, they're also probably thinking long-term. Like, we got Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz coming up. You know, do we want to keep these two guys who are both 29 and 30 years old, you know, kind of taking away spots from maybe Mercer and Holtz? I would think at least one of them is coming back. I'd be surprised if they didn't bring both of them back. I, I would be surprised. I, if I had to bet, they'd probably keep Paul Murray because he's a Jersey guy and he's got a really good track record of producing here. And he's he, he probably won't be the next captain, but he's got like leadership qualities that you'd like to have in a team. Um, but on the flip side, I would imagine Gusev is probably going to be cheaper to keep than Paul Murray. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Murray is probably looking for something around $7 million a year. So, yeah, it's, they're going to have a tough decision on their hands. And it's going to be tough to pull off trades in this environment because of COVID. I guess we'll see when the trade deadline comes later on in the season how the COVID situation is around the country. And maybe it'll make things easier to pull off trades. But... Yeah, I think one of them is coming back at the very minimum, uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think Gusev may be a little bit of a better fit because he doesn't really rely on speed, and if he can show he can, you know, what he did at the second half of the end of last season wasn't a fluke, then, you know, I think you'll be all right because he doesn't play a physical game, so he's not his body's not going to break down because he's, you know, hitting everyone. And Paul Murray, on the other hand, he kind of plays a physical game, and he let the team in hits, I think, a couple seasons. So, probably. Yeah, it's, definitely probably gonna be in, it's not too hard to do, though, on a devil. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, a, that's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, Fitz is definitely going to have some interesting decisions to make with these two guys. Yeah, I, I've been. Chris knows this. I've been on the mm -hmm. Kyle Palmieri, bring Kyle Palmieri train back for a while now. Um, should be your next Devils captain. Give him the C, Jersey boy, if they extend them. But um, yeah, if if I had to pick one, I'd lean Palmieri. Like what you said about he has a track record of success with the Devils. I feel like the Devils 
the whole thing is goal score, goal scoring, and yeah. comparing Gusev and Palmieri. Palmieri is the better goal scorer, in my opinion. So maybe who knows? You get a little bit of that hometown or hometown bargain deal type thing. Who, who knows? But Chris, I forget. Do you share that same opinion about Palmieri? You would rather see Palmieri than Gusev back? I forget. Yeah, if I had to pick between the two, I would go with Palms. But I, I agree with Alex. I, they have the money to do both, and I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to do both because I know we have Mercer and, and Holtz, obviously, but I'm not expecting them to be ready at like their potential for like another two years. Yeah. We should probably we'll see Holtz next year. I know you said potential, but yeah. in the lineup we'll see Holtz next year, and mm-hmm. I feel like Dawson Mercer is pretty darn close to NHL ready right now. No, yeah, oh, he's, a, he's he's AHL eligible next season, so he's definitely. I would be surprised if he's not playing pro hockey at least. Yeah. And if he's playing in the AHL next season, he'll probably get NHL games at some point. So yeah, he's not that far. So, uh, all right, one more discussion before we move on to Binghamton Devils is the Devils' 5v5 numbers are actually one of the, the best they've been in years now. Um, surprisingly, they're second in the NHL in expected goals per 60, which is just crazy to think New Jersey Devils and saying that in the same sentence. <laughs> um, defensively, it's a little worse, but the way hockey they play, that was expected. Overall, 5v5 numbers are like I said, better they've been in a long time. So look at the record. What the heck's going on here? They've been getting well. I wouldn't say good goaltending. The goaltending's been mad. But we're gonna ignore that. Special teams, power play, penalty kill have been atrocious. Chris and I have talked about it slightly. Um, we'll talk more about it tonight. But I want to hear your opinion, Alex, on what's going on wrong in your opinion. Power play, penalty kill. What the heck's going on? Personnel? So on- is it structure? What is it? I opinion. think on the on the power play, it's just it's kind of tough to remember and have, without having seen a game in like two weeks. But from what I remember, they were the puck movement on the power play is just not good enough. Like they have the personnel, you know, they, they got enough skilled players where they should be able to put it in the net. Like they got Jesper Bratt back and Janssen and Jack Hughes, and then they're going to get Nico Heischer back and Paul Mary. I'm not a fan of them using Paul Mary in the bumper. I mean, he's yeah, had a lot of success good. in like that Ovechkin spot or on the opposite flank, just, you know, scoring goals from there. And they should probably put him back there at some point. Um, you know, maybe they will once Heischer gets back. Cause if I remember right last season, Heischer got some time at the bumper spot so it's a little bit I guess strategy wise you know maybe not putting players in the best position to succeed and then the puck movement they just got to you know there's too much standing around not moving the puck quick enough and they're, they're not getting the penalty killers off balance you know so I, I think that's been a big problem on the power play on the penalty kill I, I don't know what the hell is going on there because <laughs> they've had a great penalty kill on their Nasser Dean for the last like few seasons uh, I guess not having Andy Green, you know, there's that's a big loss. He's, he's a great penalty killer, even at 38 years old. Um, Blake Coleman not being there, too. They haven't really found a replacement for him yet. So uh, those are two big losses. I think getting Sammy Botnan is going to help uh, at least a penalty kill for now. You know, you, when you think of... Too. Yeah, I just... With the power play, I agree. I th- he should get on the power play at some point. I don't think he was practicing there today, but you know he hasn't played in a while. And this was his first practice with the team and learning a whole new system. So I think it's just a matter of time before he gets on the power play. And yeah, I agree. He's going to help there. But you know, when you think of Otten, you might not think of 
him as a penalty killer, but he was a pretty solid PKer for the Devils for a few seasons, and I think he'll help there um, at some point. I, I mean, he's certainly a better fit there than Matt Tennyson. So, um, I, just the, the thing is, with the schedule so tight now that they're not going to have a lot of practice time to work on the power play and the penalty kill, it's basically you're going to have to work, try to figure it out during games because if you're playing every other day, you're, you're really not going to be practicing all that often. So, um, we'll see how point. these struggles could last a while. There's no really easy fix, just given how condensed the schedule is. Yeah, the uh, I, the power play, the personnel on the one, they got Yanni Pokin and then Miles Wood, I think, still working on the same power play. You know, I thought that was kind of kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know if that's just me, but Yanni Pokin in on the power play, I, he's been he's been fine this year, but I feel like there'd be other players that could possibly on the power play than Yanni Koken. I'm cool with Miles Wood. He's been like really, really solid in that front presence. Um, but yeah, the whole Kyle Palmieri bumper thing is bizarre. And I, I noticed that the Devils, for whatever reason, don't like have uh, don't like having their players on their off hands on the power play. Have you noticed that, Alex? Yeah, this isn't just a thing with Lindy Roth. Even last year and probably even the year before, they never really put Paul Murray or Taylor Hall when he was on the team on their offhands. They were always playing on their strong sides. Is there a on the for that? Or, uh, uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, like, for Paul Murray, it, it just makes sense to have him, like, in the Ovechkin spot because he's a really good shooter. And you can kind of – if you get, your puck move is good enough, you could set him up for one-timers or some good scoring chances there. So, you know, maybe that's something they tinker with going forward. But, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, messy situation. Um, Chris, any thoughts here? I know we've talked about it slightly, but... No, I mean, I'd just be repeating points that you guys already brought up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they got to figure it out quickly because if they figured this out, they're, they stay healthy. They, I know their division's tough, but you might be seeing some pretty good hockey, but who knows? Only time will tell. Some um, slight breaking news. The uh, Stars-Preds game got canceled for tonight, but it's not COVID-related. It's because of the storm out there. I was going to say that if it's in Dallas, then it must be because of that yeah. snowstorm. Yeah, power outage affects NHL. Stars-Preds game postponed due to region's extreme weather conditions. What are they getting out there, like bad ice storms? And it's, uh, I mean, it's... So if you've never been to the south, when it gets cold and snows, they're not prepared for it like the northeast <laughs> yeah. is. And it's it's not meant to be a slight or anything. It's just it's a fact, you know. Um, yeah. They don't experience learning how to drive in the snow because they almost never get snow. Like this is a rare occurrence for Texas. I think they said the last time something like this happened was like 30 years ago for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically yeah, they, don't have they the were equipment to like move the snow yeah. and stuff like that, too. So. Yeah, I mean, they, they tried doing, like, I think they said rolling blackouts and stuff, um, and that failed. So there's, like, a there's a good amount of people out there right now who don't have any power, and uh, this it's supposed to stay really cold out there, like, feeling like single digits, double digits for, I think, at least another two days, three days. Hey, yeah, at least it's not COVID that they're canceling it for. <laughs> yeah, Look I guess that's in, a positive. In a good way. <laughs> but, uh, all right, we're going to move on now to the uh, Bington or if you want to call them the Newark Devils, a little update here for you. So, Binghamton have played three games up to this point. Their next game is Wednesday night in Newark against the Hershey Bears, but they've played three games so far this season. 2-0-0-1. The AHL still does the shootout loss as a separate, like, counting category. 
Um, so that's good for five points in their first three games. That's number one in the seven-team North Division so far. Um, wins of 4-3, their first game this season in overtime against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. 2-1 in their second game against Lehigh Valley. And they lost the just messy game 6-5 to in a shootout against Utica. Um, I know, Alex, you've tuned in to each game, right? I think. Yep. Yeah, uh, I watch each game, AHL package. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but, yeah, basically we just want to give you an update here how the Baby Devils are looking. Um, Nolan Foote is a guy that I know Alex and I both agree on has looked very, very solid here. His four points in the three games. I think it's one goal and three assists. <laughs> Um, the rookie defenseman duo of Nikita Okotiuk and Michael Vukovic. That's your boy, Vukovic. Oh, what is it, Alex? It's Vukovic. Oh, so Chris. I've been saying it wrong. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting put on blast. I'm. I'm. <laughs> Chris is my um, my pronunciation aficionado or whatever that word is he helps me out with my pronunciations and all that fun stuff yeah, so learning he just failed one. me it makes me kind of upset but yeah i failed myself i didn't know what it was like until i heard uh, rob lapolis you know doing the play-by-play mm-hmm. for binghamton so he was saying vukovic i think or something like that so hey, he's been great four points and uh he's tied with foot for the team lead um oh, nikita had a just a beautiful <laughs> goal. You know, you know the goal I'm talking about. Alex, right? Yeah, no, that was. Uh, he looked uh, like a you know regular offensive defenseman yeah, on that one. That, oh, yeah. he's, a, he's the big boy defensive defenseman run you over type, and he's pulled yeah. out something like that. Um, yeah, both those defensemen have looked solid. Um, both ways too. I think their defensive games, especially Nikita's, has been solid. Um, Tyler Irvine, the the unsung this underdog story the Merrimack undrafted free agent that first came he balled out his line of him Danik Martell and Ryan Schmelzer centers that one right yeah I think so that's their fourth line they call but that line's been pretty darn good it's been yeah. I feel like that line and their first line of Street Sini and uh, Foot have been their two better lines yeah um, and then Evan Cormier has been solid. 918 save percentage through he got two starts, right? Dell got yep. the last one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those were some of the guys that caught my eye so far that's played well. Um, any more guys you want to talk about that like played well in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think uh, – I mean, you definitely agree with you on Vukovic and Ahoytuk. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Nikita. Um, yeah, we'll just go with Nikita. Uh, <laughs> Nikita and um, Vukovic were really good. I was surprised – more surprised by Vukovic just really kind of like coming out of nowhere. Um, he's a good skater. He makes really good decisions with the puck. He's, he's just making things happen there. Um, I know the OHL is trying to get their season restarted, but – you know, for selfish purposes, it'd be nice if they didn't, because I'd like to see Fukovic stay with Binghamton. Graham Clark, too. Forward. He hasn't played a game yet, but he's on an AHL contract. So if that thing stays the same, I feel like we'd see some Graham Clark soon, though. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I, I guess since they signed him, I guess almost a week ago at this point, that he's probably close to joining them. So when's their next game? Wednesday, I think, right? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, maybe he's he's probably got to go through quarantine stuff too because I think he's coming from Canada. So, but maybe he gets into maybe a Binghamton game this week. 
Um, then I've actually liked Marion's two to Nietzsche's game. Uh, he played yeah, really well solid. in that six-five kind of crazy loss over the weekend. He had, game was just ugly, messy. He, yeah, he had a couple assists and he hit the post at the very end of the first period too. Uh, that was definitely the best game he had played so far. But overall, I've kind of liked his game. Uh, he he's looked pretty good. I'm trying to think who else. Obviously, you cover Nolan Foot. He he's looked like the one of the top pros, teams prospects, uh, top prospects. So Riley Walsh offensively has looked really good. Um, yeah. His defensive game's been interesting. Um, right? Don't you don't you think it's not a bit bad, but he's still got some work to do there. You could tell. Yeah, I agree with that. I, he's definitely not like going. They they've been playing him as like a third pair defenseman, I think, so far, and like power play specialist type. Right. Quarterback, yeah. Yeah, he's been like a third pair guy, and he's looked really comfortable on the power play. Um, that was a nice goal he had to win OT in winner. overtime. Yeah, and then I think he had an assist also in that 5-6 game. So, yeah, his, I, the strength of his game has always been his offensive instincts, and you've kind of been able to see that in the first three games of Binghamton's season. And, you know, I ex- kind of expect him to be that guy going forward who kind of contributes offensively and helps quarterback the top power play unit. So, um, uh, I think otherwise Aaron, I probably about right Aaron Dell. Yeah, you want to start yeah, I just off wanted to talk about him real quick. Um, so, he played in, they call it a conditioning game. It was that 6-5 shootout loss. He wasn't, it, it's not, he wasn't as bad as the score indicates. The Binghamton Devils just were a train wreck in their own end for a lot of that game with turnovers, ugly passes, and all that stuff. Um, but Dell didn't look too comfortable, but he wasn't as bad as the score indicated. So uh, I don't know if you share a similar opinion or. Yeah, I agree. Like they were, they had a couple of brutal turnovers that led to some Utica goals that. You know, Dell didn't really have a chance. And there was one power play goal Utica had where, like, I don't, I don't remember who the players were, but, like, some player got the puck along the boards and just, like, hit a cross-ice pass to a wide-open guy for a one-timer, and Dell had, like, no chance at stopping it. Um, at the same time, I didn't really think he looked, like, he looked a little, like, uncomfortable in net. You didn't really feel, like, confident. Was he, It didn't look like he was too confident in some of the saves he was making. But at the same time, he hasn't played in a hockey game in almost a year like he didn't play anything in anything with the maple leafs when uh he was with them and of course the sharks didn't make the bubble last season so it's not like he got to play in the bubble um so like you know i don't i, I like it's tough to make anything out of that one game he had with binghamton and i think the devils you know the new jersey devils play a much more structured game defensively i so we'll just have to wait and see because like Comrie and Scott Wedge would look pretty decent for the Devils and McKenzie's uh, absence. And if they can, you know, do well, I think Dell should be able to hold his own as well. Yeah. The, so talking about goalies now, the Devils have four of them on their roster currently in NHL. But once everything gets settled, I think we're looking at a McKenzie Blackwood, Aaron Dell duo with a Scott Wedgwood taxi squad. And Gilly San, Eric Comrie, and Evan Cormier in the AHL. I think that's what we'd be looking at. Yeah, but I just wonder knows? if the if the Devils they have to have a goalie on the taxi squad. So yeah, I agree. Wedgwood would goes there, but like I wonder if if they put Comrie on waivers to send him to the AHL, he's probably going to get claimed. You think he'd if, get claimed again? I would. Yeah, I think he would. I wonder if they if they really value because Comrie's only like twenty five years old and yeah, he's young. 
Yeah, he's got some good AHL numbers over the last few seasons. I wonder if they would just be like, you know, screw it, we're going to carry three goalies on our roster and have, you know, we'll put Wedgwood on our taxi squad and then I guess, I don't know, could they have Comrie on their roster with Wedgwood on the taxi squad? I'm pretty sure they yeah, could. Yeah, so. I, I think if they wanted to, they could have two goalies on the taxi squad. I don't think there's a rule against that. And the way the yeah. taxi squad structured, you could technically have him on your active roster too and just throw someone on the taxi squad, you know. You could just play the numbers game, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like with Kami, maybe they have him on the active roster if they value him going forward because they don't want to lose him on waivers. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how they go about that when the time comes. Yeah, definitely. I'm um, trying to thank any other Binghamton Devils guys that have caught my eye. Um, Colton Light. I, I want to hear your opinion on Colton Light. A lot of people are pretty high on the kid, but I've never – I've watched Binghamton now, I think maybe the past three seasons, two seasons at least, and I'm not a big Colton Light guy. I don't know why. He just doesn't – really do anything for me are you do you like colton white because a lot uh, of people do i the one game it was the six five game i think he had a really bad turnover and utica like capitalized on it and put a goal an easy goal in where dell really didn't have much of a chance again um uh, in the three binghamton games i saw i didn't really think I didn't think he was bad. He just didn't really stand out to me. Like, mm-hmm. I thought Riley Walsh and Hoyt Uke and uh, Vukovic stood out a lot more than him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, he's got to – I think he's got to pick it up a little bit if guys like Nikita and, you know, Vukovic are playing at this level. They'll probably overpass him in the prospect pool at some point. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is going to be in Bing, too. Again, he was on the taxi oh, squad for back. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He, he got sent back to that. Big Josh Jacobs guy. Big Josh Jacobs guy. Yeah. He looked I, good I in training camp. What's up? He looked good in training camp. Yeah, I think if he got a chance as, like, a bottom-pairing NHL defenseman, I think he'd be a pretty solid option there. But it just it's not in the cards right now with how the Devils are. But I'm a big Jacobs guy. Chris knows. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other any other players that you want to talk about in Bing? Or do we cover them all, really? I think that pretty much covered it. I mean, I guess Vivian yeah. Zetterlin would be the only guy. But, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, that shootout goal was insane. Yeah. yeah. He pulled up with the slap shot um, just inside the circles, maybe. And put yeah. it, what, top left on the goalie? <laughs> yeah, just crazy. ripped a slap shot. I've never understood why more players don't do that in the shootout. They always try to go for the deke. If you got a shot like that, just let it fly. Yeah, it was, that was a fun one. But Yeah. Yeah, that's your uh, Baby Devils update. Um, trying to trying to think if there's anything else here. But I think that's about it. Yeah, that covers it for me for the Binghamton side. So. Yeah, I... I I think outside of Binghamton, too. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other things we want to talk about. Chris, anything comes to your mind? No, I, I don't think I have anything that you guys haven't touched upon when it comes to Bing. Um, I know you've been following them closer than I have. so. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, too, um, I don't know if there's anything Alex, you wanted to discuss before we close things out. I don't really have anything just because – been a while since we've watched Devils hockey, but anything uh, you want to talk about before we close on close things on out? I guess Mackenzie Blackwood said in his press conference today, or his media availability, that um, he didn't really have like too bad COVID, but it really hit him in the chest, and he had you know trouble breathing. So I'm just interested. Uh, he said he feels a lot better now than he did five days ago, but I'm wondering if he's ready to go uh, 
tonight and the rest of the week. So I guess that'd be the only thing to keep an eye on. But otherwise, other than that, I don't, I don't think I really have anything else to add. All right. Um, Chris, anything else? Let's go Devils, baby. Um, yes, sir. Anyone who's dealing with this winter weather, especially out in Texas, you know, if you can yeah. somehow hear this, I'm sure you're probably saving your phone battery. If you hear this, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, stay warm some, out there. Uh, winter weather coming up here too in Jersey. True, true. Everyone hunker down, do your best you can. Winter weather is everywhere these past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been insane. Um. Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, like thanks said, for having me on. Third time now. Um, you're welcome on anytime. I'm sure you'll be on next month or so talking more bing hockey devil's hockey overall like i said earlier make sure you throw alex a follow on twitter chris will throw in the uh twitter handle for us yep. in the uh episode summary or whatever it's called but make sure you give him a follow on twitter um but besides that everyone stay safe out there and we'll talk to you sometime next week <laughs>